We officially have a new NBA Finals this year. We're going to be crowning a new champion. Both the Milwaukee Bucks and the Phoenix Suns lost yesterday. We're going to break it down. I'm very excited, and I thought there was some great games in terms of the Dallas Mavericks absolute beatdown and then what Boston did convincingly beating the Milwaukee Bucks. Two game sevens, they weren't as close as we would have liked to see, but the storylines, what we got out of the game was definitely huge and monumental. So we're going to get it started talking about Giannis Antetokounmpo. And Giannis struggled mightily in the second half. From the first quarter to what we saw in the second half, completely different versions of Giannis. He dominated in the first quarter with 10 points, 8 rebounds, and 6 assists. For the rest of the game, just 15 points, 12 rebounds, and 3 assists on 7 for 20 shooting. More specifically, he shot 4 for 16 in the second half. The Milwaukee Bucks as a team shot just 4 out of 33 from the 3-point line abysmal shooting and they got outshot by grant williams himself grant williams hit like seven threes for the boston celtics he had a career high from both the regular season or the playoffs just overall career high for grant williams the bucks are leaving him open they were living by that shot and the boston celtics knocked down a game seven record 21 three-pointers in this game so just a three-point barrage from the Celtics. They were taking a lot of shots, too. They shot almost 53s, which is ridiculous. Um, but the Bucks just could not match the perimeter shooting. And then Giannis was not able to do what, what we expect Giannis to do uh, to close playoff games. But Giannis, throughout this playoff run, he's not receiving any slander from me. I mean, you could talk about how he played in the second half. He definitely didn't play up to expectations for that half. But he still came out of this series looking like the best player on the planet. Like I said, he did not go out sad, and he was great against the best defense in the league. This man put up 34 points per game, 15 rebounds, 7 assists, and although his 47.5 effective field goal percentage was well below his average, you got to credit a lot of that to the Boston Celtics defense. But those staggering numbers and the fact that he pushed the Boston Celtics to Game 7 without his co-star Chris Middleton deserves mad props, and he didn't go out sad by any stretch of the imagination. So major respect to Giannis. We're not using this series as a way to slander him. I truly believe the Milwaukee Bucks would have won this series if Chris Middleton was healthy. I said that before. I'm going to say it again, and that's basically what it is. You know, going to a Game 7 without that guy, is huge and drew holiday had the tough task of having to get buckets and be the distributor on the perimeter the point guard the floor general and have to guard jason tatum on the other end that's a very difficult task is a tasking task and it just wasn't something you could realistically expect him to do to have to carry that much load on both ends of the floor Giannis is carrying that type of load on both ends of the floor on a nightly basis but to ask that of a guy like drew holiday as well is a bit much, especially considering he's not getting the support from the complimentary pieces. And the Bucks got a taste of what Brooklyn went through last year. You know, Brooklyn was without James Harden. They were without Kyrie Irving for a good majority of the series, and they still pushed it to seven. And you could say KD's foot was on the line, whatever the case may be. But let's be real. They did not go out anywhere near as sad as the Brooklyn Nets went out this year. The Nets got swept in the first round the following season. Okay, pushing the Boston Celtics to a game seven, that's not going out sad. What happened to Brooklyn this year is going out sad. They had a chance to prove that KD and Kyrie could get it done, could lead the team deep in the playoffs, and they folded. They couldn't get it done. We have Giannis 
and Middleton and company coming off of an NBA championship. That's how they capitalized uh, off of what happened with the Brooklyn Nets versus this year. They went out in seven in the second round, but they still put up a great, great fight. So, yes, you can say the things that Brooklyn had to go through last year was a big reason that they potentially didn't win a championship. But then when they had the chance to prove this year what they were all about, they got swept in the first round. So we'll see. There's still a story to be written on the Brooklyn Nets, but definitely not a way to go out sad for the Bucks. You got to give them major props. Not Coach Budenholzer, though. Coach Budenholzer was saved by that championship. If the Milwaukee Bucks didn't end up winning that championship, Mike Budenholzer probably would have gotten fired, and it would have been very, very different in Milwaukee from a head coaching position. But I think Budenholzer has has basically kept his job for the next couple of years now because of that NBA championship. So we'll see how that goes. We'll see what happens when Chris Milton gets back and, and see kind of what this redemption arc is going to look like for the Bucks. But it's going to be really, really tough. The Eastern Conference is very stacked, and we have to see how it unfolds next year. But major credit and props to the Boston Celtics. Jason Tatum, his game six was incredible. He dropped like 46 points. He was hitting a ridiculous amount of threes. He was closing the game in the fourth quarter down the stretch. And that made the Bucs overcompensate and put all the attention on guarding Jason Tatum, not realizing that the Boston Celtics, their depth is a big reason for their success. So you saw Grant Williams get it going. You saw Jalen Brown chip in. You saw a guy like Marcus Smart get 10 assists. There were some questions about how good of a floor general Marcus Smart could be. A pure point guard, so to speak, 10 assists. In a closeout game and what he did in game six and game seven made up for his blunders in game five. So you got to tip your cap to Marcus Smart there. And just the Celtics as a collective, you saw Al Horford have several games throughout this series where he was the best player on the floor. So it's a complete team effort. And that team effort is going to carry them. Props again to Ime Odoka as well. One of the best coaches in the game right now. And he's continuing to prove it. He's come up with schemes to deal with Giannis Antetokounmpo and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in back-to-back series. So facing the guy in Jimmy Butler, who I'm not going to slight him. Jimmy Butler is averaging like 30 points per game throughout these playoffs. But he's going to be a much easier task to scheme for and to guard against than the guys he had to go against in the previous round. The Miami Heat could shoot the heck out of the basketball. And that's going to be something. They're probably the best three-point shooting team that they they have faced. So probably schematically, they're going to be worrying about defending the three first and foremost, rather than necessarily trying to lock in on Jimmy Butler. Uh, I will say Miami does have a good big man in Bam Adebayo, and that could be a matchup problem potentially, although I think the Celtics' size and length and rim protection with Robert Williams getting back in the lineup with a guy like Al Horford, I think they'll be able to deal with that just fine. And Bam really hasn't made teams pay or punished uh, teams for the way they've been guarding him. They had DeAndre Jordan on him. That's the one time he was getting busy throughout these playoffs. But we do remember if we go back to the bubble in 2020, Bam out of bio was the best player on the floor in the Heat versus Celtics series. And he's one of the main reasons why the Miami Heat won that series to advance to the NBA Finals. So it's going to be an interesting game of chess. Eric Spolster is a great coach. So is Emi Odoka. But at the end of the day, I think the Boston Celtics, I trust Jason Tatum more than I trust the Jimmy Butler. I think the Celtics is a complete team. Their defense is better than the Miami Heat, and I also trust their offense to an extent 
more than I trust the Miami Heat. But it is going to be a good series. I've got Celtics in six in that series. I said basically the main thing for this series between the Bucks and the Celtics was if you beat Giannis, since he won the MVP in 2019, if you beat Giannis, you go on to win the Eastern Conference. And I do believe that's what's going to happen with the Boston Celtics. Boston has the elite defense that mirrors some of those teams that did it before the Miami Heat in 2020. And you had the 2019 Toronto Raptors. The Boston Celtics are that kind of team. And I do believe they are going to win the Eastern Conference. And I do believe probably Jason Tatum will be your inaugural Larry Bird Eastern Conference MVP trophy winner. So that's going to be interesting, but props to the Celtics for what they've done in in round two, and I do think they will continue it in round three. Moving on to the other series, a very, very intriguing series. The Dallas Mavericks destroyed the Phoenix Suns. Like they flat out, they flat out sunned them. Like it was, it was ridiculous. The, the butt whooping they put up on the Phoenix Suns. And if you look at each of their three guards in their three guard lineup, all three of those guys outplayed Chris Paul and Devin Booker combined. Devin Booker and CP3 combined went for 21 points on 22 shots, seven of 22 from the field, one of seven from three point range. If you look at each of the three guys individually, Brunson, 24 points, 11 out of 19 shooting, two of four from three. You have Dinwiddie, 30 points, 11 of 15 from the field, five of seven from three. And then obviously Luka Doncic, 35 points, 12 out of 19 from the field, six out of 11 from three-point range. Luka Doncic was tied with the entire Phoenix Suns basketball team with 27 points at the end of the first half. The Dallas Mavericks defense, a huge reason that they won this game. And as far as they are this year, one of the top rated defenses in the NBA all year. Props to Jason Kidd doing a tremendous job with this group. And the Phoenix Suns, as a team, they got to be kicking themselves. They won 64 games just to go out sad to the guy that they could have drafted. They could have drafted Luka Doncic. I was saying at the time they should have drafted Luka Doncic. But instead, they let him outplay their entire basketball team down the stretch. Let's, for context, talk about what Luka did to the entire Phoenix Suns team in this series. He had more points than Devin Booker. He had more rebounds than DeAndre Ayton. He had more assists than Chris Paul and more steals than Mikel Bridges. Every aspect of what those guys do best. Luka Doncic did it better. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous, man. And that just shows you how great Luka Doncic is in elimination games, four elimination games of his career. Luka Doncic put up 39-9-9. 46, 7, and 14, 33, 11, and 8, and 35, 10, and 4. He averages 38 points per game in elimination games. That is the highest average in NBA history. This guy is ridiculous. Like, already, he's so young and he's doing this already. Just imagine what he can do in the future. And he's doing this with, respectfully, Jalen Brunson as his co-star. This is... This is ridiculous stuff, man. You, you can't have Luka get another top 10 caliber player in this league because it, it will be a tough scene for opposing teams. And when we look at the Phoenix Suns, just a collapse of epic proportions, the complete opposite, the reverse of what Luka Doncic has done in the big moments. The Suns blow a 2-0 lead again, 
and Chris Paul has lost his last four Game 7s. He's lost five series after taking a 2-0 lead. And since taking a 2-0 lead in this series, he averaged nine points per game, three rebounds, six assists, and shot 50% from the field. Devin Booker, after going up 3-2 in this series, 15 points a game, five and a half rebounds, two and a half assists, and shot just 29% from the field, didn't make a single three-pointer. That's a pathetic way to go out. And Chris Paul, he, he has played the right way a lot of times. You could say a lot of times the way that the team didn't perform wasn't necessarily his fault. You could say whatever it is, but at the end of the day, the statistics don't lie. The facts don't lie. And whatever the case may be, you could say he's cursed. Whatever you want to say, Chris Paul, just like we touched on with James Harden and some other guys, he has not gotten it done in the postseason. He just hasn't. His teams have folded when they've been up. It's just, it's a tough scene to look at for Chris Paul. And it's going to take a big hit, another major hit on his legacy. And people were saying, oh, if last year wasn't his best chance to win a championship, the Suns are better this year. What are they going to do this year? And they folded right on schedule. It just, it sucks. It sucks for them, but that's tough. That's tough. You just got to be better at the end of the day. And DeAndre Aiden as well. He's looking to have a big time bag and he definitely did not have the greatest series. And, and he got benched. He, or he took himself out of the game down the stretch. Monty Williams saying it was an internal issue. But but it's looking like DeAndre Ayton's about to be out the door. Maybe the Dallas Mavericks end up getting DeAndre Ayton this summer. Maybe a team like the Portland Trailblazers end up getting DeAndre Ayton. So the Phoenix Suns window is really shriek, uh, shrinking. Excuse me. And Chris Paul's only getting older. You know, so it's really rough, rough hours right now for the Phoenix Suns. So we'll see how they adjust in the offseason, what type of team they come back with next year. But we are setting up for a Western Conference Finals between Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks, Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors. And at this point in time, I'm going to be real. Luka Doncic might be better than Stephen Curry right now. He's clearly better than Jokic. He's clearly better than Embiid. He is one of the three best players in the league right now, by my estimation. I've got him over LeBron James. I've got him over Kevin Durant. Right now. We're talking right now. Obviously not career or whatnot. We're talking right now. We'll see who plays better in this series and who plays better throughout the rest of these playoffs. But Luka's been better than Steph in the regular season this year. He's been better than him in the postseason. I mean... If Luka looks like the best player on the floor, we don't have a dialogue for that. And with the Warriors making the Western Conference Finals, shout out to them. But Curry is having an underwhelming series versus the, the Grizzlies. And it's continuing a trend of him being pretty underwhelming throughout this season. Stephen Curry has not had a season this poor. And again, this we're talking about Steph Curry standards here. You know, so he has lofty expectations. So this is not really a big time knock on Curry, but it's just the reality of the situation. Since 2014, Steph has not had a worse season than this year. The reason the team is doing so well is number one, Steph Curry is the centerpiece. He has the gravity and all that other stuff. But this Warriors team is really damn good at basketball. They're way better than they were last year. Last year could arguably be considered the best version of Steph Curry. The reason that team didn't win is because the team was trash. Okay, the team was mid. You know, so th there's a big time difference. 
between the supporting cast, which is why the Golden State Warriors are where they are. But they're going to need Steph Curry to play better, particularly in the NBA Finals. But so far throughout the postseason, even though I do think Golden State is the best team in the NBA, I do. Most talented, the most complete, whatever you want to say. They have had a relatively easy path thus far. We got to keep it a stack. Going up against a Grizzlies team without John Moran for multiple games. Going up against a Nuggets team without Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. It's a relatively easy path. And now they get the Dallas Mavericks, who again, the Dallas Mavericks are not some juggernaut franchise. They're not the 64-win Phoenix Suns. And yes, they beat the 64-win Phoenix Suns. And yes, I've raved about Luka Doncic, but as a collective team, it's still a relatively easier matchup for a Western Conference final. So there's definitely been a lot of fortune on the Golden State Warriors side. It's not their fault. They don't get to control who they get to play, but it's just the reality of the situation. You know, so I'm looking forward to see how that unfolds. Hopefully you get a really good conference final. But yeah, I got the Golden State Warriors winning this in five games. I got them getting Dallas out the way quickly. And maybe that will age poorly, but as much as I like and respect Luka Doncic as a basketball player, I've raved about him before he even got drafted, but I just think there's levels to this, and the Golden State Warriors are levels above. That's just how I see it. But if Curry is out here stinking the bed, throwing up tour date performances on a nightly basis, may have a little bit of a different story. Shout out to the Warriors others, though, especially in that closeout game. Kevon Looney was huge with 21 boards. Wiggins, double-double, double-digit rebounds. Uh, playing some really, really good defense. Klay Thompson, game six. Clay was in full effect, dropping 30 efficiently. And then Draymond was doing his overall all-around thing, you know. So this team is really clicking on all cylinders. They're going to get Steve Kerr back. The Mike Brown e- experiment. Sacramento, let's just say that's your problem now. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it definitely was a noticeable difference. Noticeable difference that Steve Kerr wasn't out there. So we'll see about that. Um, in terms of the Memphis Grizzlies, great season, you know. Second best record in the NBA throughout the regular season. And you lost your best player, John Moran. And there's a whole narrative, oh, Grizzlies are better without John Moran. No, the heck they are not. This man dropped like 47 points to win a, a basketball game in game two. Uh, if if the Grizzlies were better without John Moran, don't you think they would just sit him out? Like, do we use logic ever when we, when we make these claims that a team is better without their best player? If the Grizzlies were truly a better basketball team without John Moran, would they not trade him or just sit him on the bench? Just think about it, bro. No, the Grizzlies are better with John Moran. Yes, the defense, you could say the defense is better without John Moran because John Moran is that great of a defender. But as an overall basketball team, John Moran is your best offensive weapon. You need a guy that you can put the ball in his hands down the stretch of a basketball game and you can try to take you home. That's what John Moran brings to the table. So let's not sit up here and act like the Grizzlies are a better basketball team without John Moran. It's just not the case. But great season for the Grizzlies, battling the way they did against, to me, the most talented and best team in the Western Conference and in the NBA. Nothing but props to them. Um, So yeah, that's pretty much all I got to say on the series is though, I got the Celtics meeting the Golden State Warriors in the NBA Finals. I think that's going to be a great series. Um, I still, my, my team that I picked to win the championship before these playoffs, Golden State still intact. I do still believe they are the best team, but playoffs is getting really good. Really, really interesting. And those are my thoughts basically around the league. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. I'm out. Peace.